So hi everybody, welcome to our next Model Me podcast. Every time I sit here and say I'm so excited for my next speaker, but really the truth is I'm actually really looking forward to be super inspired by the speaker. So the next person I have on the podcast really comes um, with thanks to Jordan Alexandra, who is one of my closest model friends. If you've never listened to this podcast, then this is the Model Me podcast. I'm director and founder of Model Me. My name's Natasha Minter. Model Me is designed to create a space for creatives and models, basically a place where all people can come together and network and feel like they're part of a community that currently, in my opinion, does not exist in our world today. And really just a space where we can all actually be real and authentic and honest with, with each other about the, the grit of the industry and also what it takes to survive in the creative industry, but also um, be inspired by it. I really don't want to be another model that's created this business no disrespect to anyone out there but i don't want to be another model that creates a business that pinpoints the negative parts of the industry because one that's not who i am so it would just do it would just be terrible for me as a human being to do that because i am someone that no matter what i go through in my life i always look at the lessons i learn and how i can be a better person from that and i really want that every time someone hears about model me for them had to have an empowering lesson from it or you know to be inspired by something and to go off the back of that and be like you know what I'm really glad I went to that I might have heard some horrible stories but this is how those people um you know learn and grow grew from that experience so that's basically model me right now we run through physical events mainly but of course it would be so selfish to only share it to the london community so this is why the podcast exists i love podcasting and the next person i have actually isn't in i've already forgotten he's in lincoln right now <laughs> um and this is called he's called dummy and i'm just gonna totally let you introduce yourself because i feel like you're gonna do a much better job than i ever could really <laughs> uh, thanks um my, my name's dummy and essentially i work in the media and events industry predominantly the the media industry uh, specifically in video production uh, and i've been running this business for the last jesus six years now and yes yeah, still on the journey still learning and here i am on your podcast woohoo here you are have you done a podcast before no, actually, no, I have done one. This is the second one I'm doing. It's the second one I'm doing. I did one last year this time, so it should be interesting to be in one. Oh, nice. You should compare notes from the last one and this one. <laughs> <laughs> so my first kind of thing is, what was your route into being an entrepreneur? Like, did you ever think you would be a business owner, number one? And the link to, like, with that question is, like, how... Did you go uni? Like, did you go to school? Like, or did you finish early? Like, what was the journey before you started your business? Yeah, so I was never in a journey to start a business or to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really understand what that was. To be honest, till today, I don't really get what that really is. And um, I fell into business out of passion. One thing I know about myself is I, essentially, I, I understand, I know myself fairly well and I have done at a, early, at a very early age so I think by 13 I was I grew up way too quick and by understanding myself I knew I was I was hard working so whether I, I was good at football or whether I believed I had some form of talent I just knew I could work hard and 
mixing that with passion, everything I did, I did the best I could do in that area. You know, whether that was an exam at university or whether that was uh, being a dancer and just being passionate about music and whether that was university, I just did, did the best I can. Um, but in terms of, you know, did I know I was going to get into business? No, nope. I just followed what I really loved and I didn't look back essentially. Oh, wow. Okay. Amazing. So how old were you when you were like, okay, this is going to be my thing. Okay. So when did I realize this was going to be my thing? So believe it or not, there's a glimpse of me being younger, being about three to four years old where I was very, very interested in TV. So I, I was interested in TV for many reasons, mainly because where I was born, which was Zambia in a small town called Mufalira, I was born there uh, with very limited access to TV. TV was like the superstar. It was, it was like going to your Michael Jackson concert when he was alive, obviously, um, because it was so rare. You couldn't, you couldn't really have access to the full world unless you watched it for, through a television. Everything else was impossible. So going to places like the UK, the US, traveling the world, that was just, it, it, it's not even a thought. It wasn't a, a second thought. You wouldn't have access to those things. And the closest you can get is through a television, right? Um, television was so limited in Zambia that you had a, the country only paid for a license starting at 5 p.m. to 12 o'clock. Right, so at 5 p.m. to 12 o'clock, that's the only escapism that you'd have as access to the, to the world, right? That's when you'd watch all your films, your cartoons, etc. So I liked the whole marathon of spending the whole day helping my parents so I can get access to TV. You know, we used to, we used to line up, like well, my whole family would all line up to have a shower, clean their clothes, because we're going to this big, stadium like, to watch the Michael Jackson but actually all you're doing is queuing up to go into the sitting room and watch TV and we'd wait an hour before it's the station opened and we, we knew the process you know it's come with the fuzzy TV then there'll be the the, the, the sound the then the, you know we would sit there like all family going Ooh, yeah it's coming on um, the TV would come on and we'd watch every single thing without blinking but I was so intrigued as to how on earth does a human being transfer so much moving image through a cable into your TV and give you an idea of what the outside world is? I think I was intrigued then. Oh, but wow. really when it became a business, it would have been when I got older essentially, I found myself doing a lot of stuff related to video, uh, I started to dance a lot. I liked being, being on stage because that was such a rare thing in Zambia. You kind of you stood with everyone in the same space, right? And I wanted to be a little bit more than just the background noise, essentially, or, or just do what my parents expected of me. You know, I wanted to be different. So, so the business came when I started to really love video more and did more video which ended up being a thing where i believed that video was a voice you know and that voice spoke to me how can i use video to then tell 
to, to, to then tell my story, but in the same breath, tell other people's authentic stories. Um, and then I start to think of what time we're in now, really. And what time we're in is, is social, right? Um, and I saw that as an opportunity to, to be one of the first that strictly creates video content for social. But it's, it's authentic, it's, it's, it's real, the original lie, it still reflects my personality. And, and that's where the idea started. And since then, I've been using video to, to, as a marketing tool for businesses to exaggerate their business front and almost take away what they used to know so they can become a lot more relevant because of social being such a big thing. So, yeah, I've never really thought about it that way, but you've made me open my brain, Tash. Oh. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's how I ended up there, essentially. Oh my God, that's so amazing. <laughs> I'm so baffled, like I can't imagine. I think I obviously, I mean, like I think every probably in person that lives in England ever did as a young kid took total advantage of just watching telly, like every day. Like for me, I, I'll, I never forget um, my, so my real dad left when I was like eight years old, uh, just before I turned eight. And I was, my mom was left with four kids as a single mom and she just was kind of making it work. And he left actually three weeks before my baby sister was born. So she's now 17. But the reason I tell that story is because a lot of my life changed when he left. And I'll, I remember when he left, so did a lot of little luxuries that we had in our life that were so normal, yet all of a sudden I realized that, you know, we'd lived like a pretty luxurious life in the sense that, you know, my mom worked so hard to make sure we stayed in the same house, which was a dream because it's still the house she lives in now. Um, but in the sense of like, we used to have Sky TV and I could watch anything at any time at any point ever. And it was never, ever, ever an issue. And then all of a sudden my friends at school would be talking about what was on the Disney channel. And I was like, I can't watch the Disney channel. Like, but I wouldn't, I don't think I even told people, but then I remember when I started high school, we only had, you know, normal, I think the five channels. And then when Freeview came, it changed everything. But I remember thinking, I remember being so grateful for Freeview actually and being like, oh my God, now I can have more interesting conversations with my friends at school <laughs> and I can watch the, more than the TV shows than just the, you know, five channels that we get at home. And I remember thinking like, God, is that what it's like to just have like, like to not have Sky? And thinking I was the only child in the world that didn't have Sky. And then I would like find new friends at high school and high school opened up my mind so much into like, actually, you know, my life was still amazing. I still lived in a really nice area because I met other people from different areas, you know, at high school and stuff that would tell me stories. And I'd be like, oh, that's never happened in my neighborhood. And it made me realize how... I might not have had the TV, but actually, you know, we lived in a really nice area that trouble didn't really happen very regularly. But it's so funny because listening to your story, I'm like, oh my God, like I <laughs> took advantage of that TV. <laughs> <laughs> you made the most of that time. Literally, I, I, I watched telly all day. Like it was, it was crazy. Um, but actually this is something that, what you've just said, I think, can inspire so many people. I'm going to send it to my sister and be like, listen to this. Like, <laughs> you want to know how, how it used to be for someone? Listen yeah. to 
that's where it's at. But I was also, as you said, I was very lucky to, to have a, a TV. Some people didn't have TV. Some people didn't have electricity, let alone a TV, you know? So I was, I was, that was lucky. That was privilege, you know, in a sense, because, you know, but, but it's, it's what you make of it, right? Right, And that's what I made the most of it. I, I, I honestly took advantage of, like you, I took advantage of those moments because it was, the, it was the next step, right? I'm living in a certain life that I know has a certain type of limitation and my only access, my only key to, to, to even expand my, my vision was to look at a TV and wonder. You know, could I ever make, could I ever make these visuals and place them on the TV? Can I learn? So, so yeah. I love that's what ran through your mind. I know this is, it's crazy, isn't it? Because just at a young age, I just think so differently. I know I do because my mum my and brother and family all call me up on it. In fact, everyone that's ever met me call me up on how different I think or see things. Uh, interesting so when did you know that that wasn't like how old were you when you came to England first question so I came to England when I was 13 years old I just turned 13 and I was still speaking my I still spoke English it was a lot broken still a little bit broken sometimes certain words um but yeah I came came 13 and just it got my life changed completely it just it needed to change, not because I wanted it to, but it just needed to change to adjust to a new life. You know, that vision you had in your head, you know, is slightly different to live in it. So, <laughs> so completely had to change. I had to start again, start all over again. And how did you imagine it? Was it different to what you imagined? Well, coming to the UK, yeah, um, yeah completely. In fact, it was like the the opposite of it. You know, I. I envisioned it to be easier um, and in many ways it was easier but like the access only because there's access that I can get to unlike in, in Zambia at the time you know there wasn't a lot of access to anything mm. so the only thing I knew because I've never really been academically strong the only thing I knew is that I could work hard so coming here was insane because what I took was everything I knew. So what I thought was impressive here perhaps wasn't impressive in the UK. Coming in the shorts during the, during the winter uh, was not so impressive when everyone else is laughing at my long, my long limbs and small shorts, you know, <laughs> while I freeze to death. So, so there, there were things like that, that I, you know, the, the attitude that the, the, the schools you go to are extremely respectful in the sense that everyone respects every single elder like and if you didn't respect anyone at school you're slapped at the back of the head or worse slapped in front of everyone in assembly so i got used to that luxury of being myself and being polite to elders and that got me through school because a lot of teachers weren't used to that right so a lot of teachers helped me they, they took me on I've, I've had that privilege really where teachers have always taken me on and seen some some good in me so they've always been always favored me in a sense and try to help me as much as they can so yeah big difference <laughs> i love that word favored yeah 
I think when you it's feel so, I don't believe in luck, right? And I'm sure you probably no. similarly in that respect. Like, I don't believe in luck. And I love everything that you say when it comes to, I can't say I don't believe in luck. It's not that I don't believe that people can have luck. It's just that I believe that you're given opportunities and that whether you decide to work hard on them or not is, is the difference to whether you are very lucky or a little bit lucky, like in my opinion. And my yeah. experience has been... I suppose the word favored for me is, is the best because some people don't understand what you mean sometimes when you say, Oh, I just feel so blessed. Like I feel so yeah. grateful that I get these, you know, that I, that life just goes like this. And it's funny mm. because with model me, it doesn't feel like it was my idea. I feel like I was given the idea and I feel like it's yeah. a responsibility. And like every time I do something with model me, it just works seamlessly. And I don't know how, and I, I can't, give you the you know the formula because I just it just happens like every time I do an event in London I mean you know and I did the four I did the four events in America and every time I've done an event in London every single one has been organized within a week to go and every single time I have had people show up like the last event we did we had 21 people show up and I told them all six days before the event happened and I don't know how I get away with it and I don't know how that stuff happens but it just works and like I don't feel stress I never feel like things are going to not work because now I'm in this idea in this space where I just believe that whoever's meant to come will come and if they don't come then they're going to miss out and actually like we're still going to get to do what we always meant to do at the event and if anything it's going to be more special because in three years time when there's 600 people at an event people are going to be like oh I was one of those people and that were 20 people in the room that you know Tash had time to speak to and we all went out for dinner afterwards and blah 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 like yeah. don't get me wrong I still want to talk to every single person that comes in three years the 600 like I'll make sure that happens <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I love this idea of like being favored in the sense that you know it was truly meant for you and I think that the idea of that is actually way easier for people to understand than just being lucky you know yeah yeah it has lucky has no context no it's just Absolutely. so much to it that you, you couldn't describe it and what's a portion of it might be true but it just it's so wrong I, I agree with you because it's luck is like magic isn't it oh, oh the magic happened but yeah you get you get lucky if you make your own luck don't you you make your own luck so for sure I mean, I also think, don't get me wrong, like people listen to this and be like, I hear Tash say the word magic all the time. Like I do, I talk about things being magical and overwhelmingly just like magic. I do say that word a lot, but when I say that word, it's because most humans understand what I mean when I say that feeling, oh, it was magical. Whereas if I say, oh, I feel so favored, people kind of go, what? And actually I like that reaction too, because people think me. So I actually, I, I love, I love that word. I love it. Um, so I suppose kind of like something that really makes me, I don't know, something that really makes me wonder is how did you get to where you are now? Because explain what your life is like now. Cause you, don't you put on like an insane amount of events a week? <laughs> yeah, my, my life's crazy. So um, I'll, I'll run you through my whole week. So my week looks like this on Sunday, um, I'm up early as early as I can be, because I've just had an event the night before. And I'm in the office essentially planning for the week and I'm checking whether I'm on track with the goals I've set for the next sort of 
how many will be three years left now. So these, these are goals I've set for five years. And I'll be checking just to see how far I am on that. So Sunday is quite an important day because it sets the tone for me personally, you know, just to ensure that my mindset is to ensure that I'm okay first. So I, am I just going through the motions of doing what I'm doing for the sake of someone else? Am I doing this because I, I want to prove something to other people? Am I doing this for my family? So I get my why right first. So Sunday's an incredibly important day for me. Once I do that, my my predominantly my predominant plan or the strongest part of my plan is 70% to do well in in the media side of things and not the events reason being I spent a lot of my 20 to 25 so five years of that doing the events so I set my goals and and accomplished those in the event section so I've reduced that 50 now to 30 so the morning I get in, I go to the gym very early, or I work out at home. I'm in the office for what would be 8.30 or 9 o'clock. I'm spending the whole day working on the media, uh, you know, specifically on things like recruitment, uh, getting more people to help me on the media side of things. I'll be doing the video side of things, but in the same breath, I've got the events team that come in a little bit later, and they, they come in to... To, to steal my ear for a few hours and I give them instructions on what they, they should be doing for those five years that I spent, you know, basically implementing my experience onto them. But most importantly, they inspire me because they're a little bit like me. The reasons of starting the events were different from video. The events were survival. The, event, the events were, I... I struggled to get a job after university massively. Um, interviews, just every single thing was killing me because I couldn't get a job. And the events were a place where I picked something that I was going to work hard to. And I changed as a person for the better. So when they come in, I'm adjusting their persona or perception first. And the, the other side of it is spent organizing the events. So there's the day job, which is the media work and the events side, which is the evening. And I'll, we do about three events a week. Um, and then we take on about two to, to six shoots a week as well on the media side at the moment. Um, and then that's, that's every day, essentially. It's every day. Uh, then Sunday comes and I start again. But there's a lot of traveling involved as well because the events sometimes could take up a lot of my week. You know, we get hired to do sort of brand fees in places like Dubai, um, places, a lot of places overseas or different type of cities. So sometimes I could be out for, for two weeks or two days or one night. Uh, but that, that's vice versa with the media stuff. I could go shooting a personality, whether that's an artist in music or a personality in sports. I could go shooting them for a whole month for two days or a few days. So it's, I take on the challenge as it comes, but in the same breath, I know what I want to achieve at, at the end of it all. So that's, that's what my week looks like, essentially. So what's it look like when you're abroad, like, or like, you know, you're on a job, like, do you still do that Sunday routine or does it have to change? So it depends on time. Well, I don't want to sound like I'm super organized because I'm not. There's a lot of chaos with me that comes with me. But 
whatever the case, uh, the, the principles, there's like three principles that I'll stick to. And that's like, I will ensure, first of all, that I'm, I'm good, you know, and I'm certain as to why I'm there. Because there's been times where I've been really tired and I get to places. I, I remember actually Miami messed, no, it was New York. It messed with my head because of the times changing. And I just didn't want to do a lot of the work. I felt like I was wasting my time. Mm. But actually, when I went to New York and I, I reassessed what I always do, which is that I have to work out, you know, wake, wake up and feel good about me doing the job. So I always work out or, or do something. Well, that's on the floor, but it just has to happen, right? Because that will set my mindset back into what I should be doing when I was at home. So, I'll, you know, I work out or I'll read a book and then plan again and then go forward and do the job. So it's different because I either have less time or more time, but I still try and stick with the routine that I would have had if I was at home. Much harder though. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't believe you. you. So how old were you when you were like, I need the soul routine? Um, I don't know. I'm not too sure. I, I'm going to guess and say maybe 23, 22, 23 perhaps. Um, the, the sort of working out would have been when I was a little bit younger, maybe 17. Uh, that was just down to just trying to keep myself active and awake and not even anything to do with, with, with trying to look a certain way. Uh, maybe when I was younger, a portion of trying to look a certain way. But more after starting to hit 20, I think it was much more important to just stay active, um, you know, because the events also took up a lot of my time in the evening. So if I didn't want to wake up feeling feeling tired because I hadn't had a lot of sleep so I'd always do some press-ups or something just to to activate my mind and forget what's happened before this is a new day you know these are new goals let's let's go get them sort of thing yeah um, but what was it that why did you all of a sudden be like right I have to have a strict routine or was it like built up over time I think it, it was yeah it was built over time but also I had a chip on my shoulder in that I, when I picked the events, I, I, I lived on my own. I went, back, I went back home first and it took me two days to realize I didn't want to live with my parents anymore. My parents are strongly opinionated in what they want for me. But at the same time, they're so, I love them, but they've got a side to them that's quite selfish and that they want me to do well, how they want me to, how they see me doing well, but only to be able to help them because they've provided a life for me so that's an odd thing to say but I think that's just how they've grown up that's how they see um, you know family like someone growing up getting older and then taking care of them but they've given them the life and like I'm a little bit different I know I'm not great at many things and but I'm really good at listening and and and, and I listen well so when I realized I needed to get into a routine it's because I wanted to to really change my life completely. So for, I needed to forget everything I knew before. And the only way I could do that is just do different things every single day. Everything I hated to do, I wanted to do. I hated working out. So I wanted to really work out because the person I wanted to be when I'm in my 40s is, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of hard work that comes with that. And it's gonna be a lot of hard work on myself. So, that was the challenge. I accepted what I wanted when I'm older and what sort of life I want to be living. And, and I live 
buy it every day. So I made those routines to custom make that person. If that makes sense to you. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I play devil's advocate. I think yeah. you know that I'm a girl that, um, like, I, I actually quit drinking like six months ago and I don't really know if I'm going to go back to it. Don't get me wrong, I love rosé champagne and I've been thinking about that a lot for New Year's Eve. But <laughs> I'm like, hmm. I feel like I'm much better without it. And I feel like, not in the sense that I'm ever, I'm never really a bad drunk. I'm a very funny drunk. Like I'm, I get very excited. And I actually caught up the other day with one of my friends who uh, now runs a PR agency in London. Well, it, it was an influencer brand um, marketing, some sort of business. And now it's turned into like a PR agency kind of thing. And I was telling him how I don't drink anymore. And he, he was like asking me like, how did you make that habit? because I think he's probably considering it for himself. And I was like, well, my life is so social that what happens is if I do drink, I kind of have to be like all or nothing because if I'm drinking, I'm going to have a drink so often. And when you live in London, it's, you know, it's different compared to Lincoln in the sense that you could just be working remotely anywhere. Like right now after this, I'm, it's Saturday night and I'm going to go to Shoreditch to meet my friends to work, not to party, to work. But it could be very easily done to just sit there and drink a gin and tonic with my, with my work, right? So one of the things, I can't remember why I started this story and, and now the, the point has completely left my mind. So let me just keep talking and then it will come back to me. <laughs> God, I'm terrible. Why do I even start a podcast? My God. Um, so I was telling him why, like, I was basically just saying, like, it was a habit. It was something that, like, happened to me. So I think the question I was going to ask you is, don't people ever ask you, like, because people ask me all the time, like, oh, like, what do you do for fun? Like, surely you shouldn't work all the time. Like, and you know, I'm someone that, like, I'll work. Like, I'm good. I don't need to party like I'm fine I partied so hard at uni that I burnt myself out until I'm 40 I think um so don't people if do people say that to you number one because I'm on your page with this so I'm good but for the speak for the listeners um and kind of what is it that you do do to relax or do you find your relaxation in working because it's what you believe you are truly meant to do uh I, I like being in the office. <laughs> so honestly, I, I, I can't express, but I, I enjoy being creative. So I, I relax in chaos when I'm creating stuff, you know? I am not relaxing if I have not been creating enough, you know? I like the idea of releasing, how to put it this way? I like the idea of making something that feels like it could be impossible for my own self though. So for instance, I can have an idea about something that I really want to do. I want to express it somehow. And while some people could make music, I can create video content or I can speak to someone and make them think differently from how they might have thought about something. And that for me is relaxing because I then don't feel like I'm crazy. Mm. Um, I, f I feel like if I just sat on the sofa and sat there all day, that isn't relaxing for me because my mind goes on overdrive then. So relaxing for me would be to throw myself in chaos that forces me to be as creative as possible. And yeah, that's, that's essentially how, how I relax. Um, 
I hope that answers your question. Because I mean, we went, Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Well, come on, you're talking to the, the master of the... I don't know where he's going, but I'm going to finish it here. <laughs> if people could see our video conference call right now, they would just be like, I'm going to stop listening now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what about like do so if people say this to you though like like what is your answer do you are you like do you feel yourself do you get defensive or do you help them understand kind of like why you do what you do yeah so it, it, it depends you know you know why because the events that i do and the media are two separate worlds so so it's ever changing it is. It's always changing. There's never a routine of what we, what we do, what we did yesterday is quite different from what, we, what we've been doing today. Yeah. Um, and I have to be ready to be hit by chaos. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually really hard to be relaxing in the sense that where you just sit there and, you know, listen to something and then just almost fall asleep. Sleeping is quite hard in a sense, but... The way I would say maybe I just get some super relaxation is when I do everything I've got to do and I've done the best I can for that day and then I can relax. And that relaxing moment would involve watching a film that helps me think but actually doesn't make me think about anything else but the film. Maybe that makes more, <laughs> makes more sense. So yeah, my, my sort of alone time is based on watching a film that inspires me makes me think creatively but also just takes me away from thinking about what's happening today with my life and i can just think about what's happening in the film so still go back to that the next yeah. question out of my mind because my next question was going to be like what inspires you <laughs> <laughs> you just spoke about a film so um, but what is it like? Is it people doing stuff that inspires you, or is it like, what is it? Is it your wife? Okay. I think the, my my biggest inspiration is. I just thought about it, and I think, <laughs> and this is crazy. This is going to come across so wrong. <laughs> it's fine. It's so wrong because I sh I should tell you that what really inspires me is people. But actually, honestly, what really inspires me is <laughs> I, I, I honestly inspire myself. And I'll tell you why. Because the person I see, I saw last year, or the person I was, is totally different to this person today. Nice. You know, the person that met Jordan is totally different to the person I am today. Uh, the, the, the kid with those thoughts and how I spoke when I first came to the UK and how different some people perceive me now to how they perceived me a few years ago that that inspires me because I find a way to always become better and whilst I put myself in situations where I hurt other people's feelings without any intentions of trying to do that I also help so many other people that I find the middle line that says actually what kind of person do I want to be do I want to be moving forward and I, I have to honestly take myself to that place to change so that those do me 2.1s, 5s, 3s, you know, the, the, the change, the moment I change inspires me because if I don't have those moments, I can't, I can't help anyone in the sense that I can't speak to 
someone about how I got over a certain situation. And I can take myself to a place where I feel, I feel like some people might not go or might not face. And what I mean by that is I can look at myself in the mirror and say a lot of decisions that are based on my, you know, on things I don't want them to be based on. I no longer want to make a decision based on my ego. I no longer want to make a decision to try and impress the, the smallest things. You know, we all try and impress. I don't want to be manly. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want to to just say I'm doing it for my family. But, you know, specifically, I want to say I'm doing it for my little brother. And that's exactly how I feel about those things. And and because I make those decisions and they're so truthful to my soul. I, I, I'm inspired by that. And the moment I stop, be, I stop being inspired by myself, I honestly will struggle to do anything else. That's when I hit depression. You know, that's when I get super upset because I can no longer be inspired by myself. And that's dark, you know? So I've got to be, what inspires me is myself, providing I'm always finding a way to learn about myself. Nice. Wow. Is if you can't be inspired by that in yourself, then you'd have check. So like what what do you think like what's your secret? What's your secret to success? Do you think there is one? Do you think it's you? That's why you're successful in your way, because there is no one like you. I think see, see my my if there is a secret to, to success, I think it's Oh man, I think it's honestly being truthful to, to yourself. Mm-hmm. I've found more success uh, when I've, when I've, uh, at the saddest time, when I've been at the worst of my mindset, I've found more success there. And that's so odd. I, I've never really questioned it. You know, like my biggest place of success was when I went through the biggest breakup of my life. You know, that was, that was, I had to make certain decisions that completely changed my perspective. And within four weeks, everything I wanted to do in four years happened in a few weeks. So that's crazy. And every time I get upset, you know, the real reason, you know, the real reason I came back to Lincoln was when I went to London, um, I tried to go because I felt like that was the only opportunity I had. And Lincoln was just a small city in the UK that, didn't deserve my time and I could do more in London and granted a lot of the clients in the media side are in London and I want I want to keep it that way because you know they're just their labels and their brands and they're known to historically have done so much and they help me and they pay great prices which keeps a head on my head on my shoulders well a roof over my head that so and it keeps the business going and it's quite impressive for a videographer to say those things because there aren't many videographers out there that are able to say they work with those brands and those stars. And, but in the same breath, I left London more because I, I went there for the wrong reasons. And because of that, I just lost a lot of money, a ridiculous amount of income because I went there for the wrong reasons, right? And that was meant to be... The, the reason of being successful because you're getting closer to your clients. But actually being in Lincoln felt like I can still be inspired by myself because I was so influenced 
uh, we've been with so many stars who are so good at what they do, so much better about what, what, what I do at the moment. Because I was able to come back, I didn't have to compare myself too much, and I just had to do the best I could do for, for myself. So the secret of success for me is to understand what yourself really wants, because I feel like you can be so deceived by what people want for you that you could be so inspired that those people do so, so, so many great things out there that you have to follow their way when really what you have to understand is, is your way, your blueprint. You know, how do you see it? And if you see it, is it right? Does it feel right to you? Is it the right thing that makes you tick? And if it is the right thing that makes you tick, you should go learn from those people, but not be in their world so much more that you're part, you're just their world. Are you with me? Yeah. So it's like coming back to Lincoln was, was crazy because I came back with no money and it only took two, three months to get everything, to get everything and more than I had before because I had no choice. You know, I realized, right. Um, it, this, this was my decision about London. I woke up the first two days in that week, that week I felt wrong, you know, but I couldn't get up because I was struggling. My mind didn't feel right. And there was a voice in me going, but you're in London. You could do well. And uh, you're <laughs> surrounded with brands. You could do well. And my truth was actually, I do really enjoy doing the events because they keep me, they keep me, they keep me away from going insane. They keep me away from trying to think I can't reach my goals. And by doing that, activated my drive again. Because that was like, that's the truth to me. You're going to pack your, you're going to wake up now. You're going to pack your car and you're going. You don't have pet, hardly any petrol in your car, but you're going to get to Lincoln. And you won't have anywhere to stay but your office. And in a few months, because you believe in yourself, you're going to get it all back. And that's the secret for me it's full understanding truth about you no matter how many people you piss off as long as you're not you're kind you know you're not trying to piss anyone off because that just rubs people off the wrong way anyway eventually uh, long term if you're kind to yourself then you make kind decisions based on what you want and yeah I, I, that's my secret i'd say your full truth. I like that. That's good. That's a bloody good answer that one. I don't really know how to follow you. <laughs> you yourself as an influencer? And in, in what sense? I, I, I'm not much of an... I don't influence much. <laughs> okay, so this is the way I, I see it being an influencer. An influencer is... I actually think the word influencer now has been so changed. I feel like the meaning is something completely different to what it actually should be. For me, you know, an influencer now, when someone says, oh, are you an influencer? You go, oh, yeah, well, no, I only have so many followers on Instagram. Like, that's what people, I think, automatically want to respond to. Not you, but, like, most people, right? And for me, I'm like, no, that's not what an influencer is. Like, for me, an influencer is doing what you truly believe has been given to you. So you shining with, like, for me, I talk about being your own light. For I know you understand that, but maybe people that are listening don't. Um, 
my favorite quote in the world is you are here to be light bringing out the colors of the world so for me it's constantly about how can i basically be a torch how can i be like this candle in a room of darkness for someone like how can i show people what's possible and also kind of like what i've been given and why have I been given that? And I believe I've been given that to share with the people, right? That there's a there's another way to do things. There's other ways to think about it. You don't have to be so um, constrained constrained to the way that the industry and the society will try and make you think. And so, for me, an influencer is: are you are you one of those people that is a light? Do people look at you like you are someone? who is inspirational, you're empowering, there's a way that you, they are, you know, impacted by you in a positive way, like, is there something that they're looking, at? is there something that you can do that other people might turn away from after a conversation with you and think, oh, actually, like, I, I could do what I really want to do too, and, you know, maybe, like, if someone like that could do it, like, can I find my own path? Um, so in that respect, do you believe you're an influencer or not? <coughs> yeah, I do. I do. I think I feel. Um, I I believe I am an influencer in the sense that I do honestly think I've got something important to say. Um, I, I feel like I've not yet found. It sounds really cheesy, but I've not yet found a stronger voice or a stronger way to say it. But I've I've always known from a young age that I was very. I was lucky to, to, to speak, first, firstly. But secondly, that when I do find my voice, I think a lot of people will be influenced by, by it. That there's, there's micro things that have happened in my life that are incredible for a lot of people. And I, I understand that people attract to me quite early in a meeting me because they, they do feel like they can get a different perspective to what they've always had. And I, you know, it's crazy because every time people say, this is crazy, all my, my work friends say, Dimi, we didn't disturb you because uh, when I have a conversation, we didn't disturb you because we know it's gonna be a deep chat. And it's deep because the person wants to find out more. You know, they'll say things like, I don't usually speak to anyone about any this, but I'd like to speak to you. I don't know why, but I will. And they do when we have a really platinum conversation. And there've been many occasions where I've been put in positions that I've always wanted to be in, which is crazy. There's a lot of responsibilities where younger men and, 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 and ladies, they've, they've come up to me and said, you know, they've really thought about taking their own life and they're completely confused about what they should be doing. And that's changed after speaking to them. You know, so when those moments happen and I compare them to what's gone through my life, I then start to simplify the reason I do what I do. This video, the events and everything I do is just a complete, complete cover up from what I really am going to end up doing. And it's very apparent, it's very clear to me that building a media business and having success in the event is just one step to uncover the, the bigger voice, right? Mm. It's, it's one step to attract those that say, oh my God, have you seen what Dumi's done with his business and what he's doing? Those artists he's working with and those events he's selling out. And when they ask why, 
it's happening and I tell them it's based on the fact that I want everyone to believe that they also do have a voice and they also can do more than what I do because when there was a time where I could have complained on the fact that I'm insanely dyslexic and the fact that I didn't really speak, hardly spoke English and the fact that I was part of a, I was kid, I've been kidnapped twice being younger wow. and the fact that when I was young in Zambia, you know, the house I told you about, the house that I lived in where I used to watch the television that my grandparents worked hard for, you know, they, they were, they were, their, their mission was taken away from them because two, you know, a gang of jealous people wanted to rob them dry to the point where they, they killed them in the house. But there's a funny story in this and I only share it because I think we're getting closer where I've sort of starting to build this business. And I'm going to share it here on the podcast first. So, exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> so, like, so this, this happens. These I love guys, you. Like, You're the best. <laughs> these guys, we're looking. For, so we're looking for. We're, the next day, we're looking forward as a family. We all congregate at my grandparents' house. My mom works in a separate place. She's trying to make enough money to ensure that you know she has a future for for me. And I'm young at this point. I'm only six years old, but six years wise, I say. And I'm part of a really ambitious family. My grandparents have been lucky enough to, to almost be in the government where a British firm came down to the city and created copper. Where, and he was one of the people that made the, the deal, essentially. So he had a little bit of money, enough money to afford television of course and we were looking forward to going to the farm the next day the farm was like our our only family social thing that we did every year and on that day my granddad went for a drink with his friend but what he didn't realize is his friend had set him up and his friend has set him up to essentially get murdered and steal money out of his house uh, what they didn't realize, we didn't have any money in the house. So when these robbers came in and demanded money that we didn't have in the house and decided to sort of kill my grand grandparents and grandma, and I was there to watch it, there was a very strong moment where he comes into our room and in that room is myself, my cousin, and an older cousin who's, who would have been 10 years older than me at the time. And he comes in and he's the oldest and they're asking for this money from us now, they just shot my grandparents and grandma and going, he's told you, you know, you've taken their lives, like we don't have the money. So they shoot him, okay? And they look at the kids, because they've gone too far. They've shot nearly majority of the people. They might as well just shoot everyone else, right? And his partner, this guy that comes to the door with his, his hat, is going, right, where's the money? I've just shot your ankle, well, you know, where is the money? And his friend says, the money isn't here anymore. Just shoot them all. So he shoots up in the air in the glasses to indicate that he shot me, my cousins, and we're gone. But he shoots up and puts his finger on his lips and goes, shh, you know, as if let's just pretend you are dead, right? And they leave. And they leave the house. So 
for me, that crucial moment isn't one to be sad about. That crucial moment is a perfect time to say, right, I shouldn't really be here, but I am. And why I am here, I'll give no excuses to doing well now. So I can tell that story one day and say, actually, I did do it and this did happen in my life for sure. And there were other moments like this, you know, as I've got older, it's got worse, you know, there've been, there's been some extreme moments where I'm questioning my own life. I'm questioning my own being. And I've been really lucky in the family where anyone that experienced that has either taken their own life or find themselves in a place where they drink too much. Uh, it's, it's, Everyone in the family hasn't been okay since that happened, right? I've been the voice of the family in the sense that I've put it as my mission to say we didn't, that didn't happen for any reason, that did happen for a reason. And I'll be the person that only helps as many people as I can. But in the same breath, it will also revive me with certainty as a, as a, as a person, but also my family. So that being said, it's, yeah. That's that's essentially where I stand with 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 the you know the, with the perspective of 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 did I ever see you know, how do I did I ever see this in my head? Yeah, I, I've I've saw I saw it very early, but I've been really lucky to still have it in my head now. So yeah. that's story exclusive. I know, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're literally you're crazy. Like I. I have been, uh, today, actually, this is so mind-blowing for me because you don't even understand. Um, this morning, I wrote a note section on, like, my Model Me folder on the Mac that I have, and I wrote down uh, people to watch in 2019, and I basically decided I'm going to do... I'm going to do maybe, like, I don't know, something, a video, something somewhere, because essentially Model Me is... Um, you know, really model me is the place that I want to be able to elevate as many creatives as I can and to the model me community and be like, this person's doing bits. You should be following them, making sure you go to their stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because um, I've only written three people on that list, I think, so far, but you were one of them. And I was thinking, yeah, but I don't know why I've written him. I don't know why I've written him, but I'm, I'm, I need to tell people about him. Like, I need to make sure that people know about this. And then I was like, well, of course, the podcast is today. I'm sure I'll understand more, um, you know, when we do the podcast. And even when I was thinking, you know, half an hour before the podcast, and I was thinking about what, like, okay, what avenue do I want to take the podcast? I didn't think I'd take it this avenue, uh, but that's so fine because I think that you are such an example to people and not just creatives, which is my favorite, but like to people in general with how to, you know, perspective, it's everything. Like how can you take something that some people would, it was of course traumatic, but you haven't looked at it like that. You've gone, okay, well, I'm super actually lucky, lucky, that bloody word. I'm I'm favoured, I'm favoured guys, <laughs> I'm favoured to be here, like I'm super blessed that I'm able to live this life that I am and I think that when you do have an experience like that and you get to live the life that you are living and you think about those moments and someone does ask you like oh did you ever see this life for yourself, I can actually totally understand now why it yeah, six years old, you actually were like, well, I have to make this worth it. You know, I have to make the fact that I had to experience that and I had to watch the people that I love more than anybody else on this planet, like 
have to go through that. And I, I'm sure now you realize, like, maybe, maybe you didn't then, but like that to happen, you know, like it's just crazy. Like that kind of thing to happen to people, um, especially I think you've experienced so many things that you, when you come here from like something like as basic, something that seems as basic as having a TV or you only having it from five to 12 PM. And then when you came to the UK being like, Oh, people watch TV all the time here. Like I there's loads of channels. There's thousands of them. <laughs> I can watch anything I want. And now you can watch anything you want as long as you have the internet. That like, doesn't matter. Like you watch, yeah. watch it from 50 years ago, or you can watch something that happened that's happening now live on your Mac. Like it's actually crazy. Um, thanks so much for the exclusive. Like wow, look at us go. You set the standard now. Like shit, I feel so <laughs> the next person that I interview in my podcast. Have you listened to Doomy's podcast yet? <laughs> Look, I'm not going to be like him. I'm just warning you. Yeah, yeah, I know. No one's as good as him. <laughs> Terrible. I shouldn't say that stuff. Um, one thing, oh God, I had a question and it's totally left my brain. Um, do you see yourself doing what you're doing like as the stepping stone then to something much greater than yourself? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've always known that. I've always known, I know what I need to do to get there as well. I know what I need to cut down on, and I know what a struggle to get to get. I know what delays that process at this point. You know, I I I feel it. One of the, one one of my biggest downfalls now is that you know being organised is it's just a hard part for me because I work well in chaos. It's just how far I can take that chaos before I mess it all up. So. As soon what I've decided is to employ someone that comes in and essentially takes care of that side of it because the chaos is incredibly creative and it, it, it takes me places, it makes me risk and take me, it puts me in a place where I have to survive. You know, that pressure, it helps me essentially. So, yeah, I, yeah, I've forgotten what the question was, Wallace. But... Uh, I did too. I got so wrapped up in your story. I'm sorry. I did. I did too. <laughs> no, the stepping stone to something greater. Yeah. So I do. I do know that something greater is coming. I just need to essentially clean up on a few things. I know what those things are, and I have to take my time on them and be patient on myself and not try and clean it all today. And once that's done, that goal. It's completed. The second phase is going to be the really exciting part where I really enjoy what I'm doing. And, and it will be down to, 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 you know, speaking a lot more. Uh, there'll be, I'm doing a lot of things that don't involve any cash transactions. There'll be a lot of things organised, you know. I want to be, I want to be able to, to push myself because I'm so, so spontaneous and I really, I really struggle to fear many things. So I want to be able to, to just travel and, and spend my next four months building something, helping somewhere. That calling, I think, and I'll, I'll say it's a calling, that will come once I finish what I'm doing here. But I know something I'll 100% end up doing is speaking on stage. I, because, yeah, I, I, like the, I like how people feel after I've spoken to them. And it makes it also 
solidifies that some of the thoughts that I was incredibly deep in my mind aren't crazy <laughs> yeah. and that they mean quite a lot to someone. A few words could change everything for someone. I said something important to my staff and I took an hour to express. I said, I don't want you to do anything you don't like doing. Um, and I went further into details in their own personal life and they're all just like, what are you saying? But it's a lot and it's crazy in my head, but I get it. And I said a line that, that's, that resonated with them and their age and probably people a lot younger than them. And I said, don't take cheap offers if you want to live an expensive lifestyle. I said that, knowing what it means. And it doesn't mean go away and you know, just get loads of money so you can buy expensive things. But actually, it's more like if you want high standards, don't take low standards. Don't do things that allow you to, to only limit yourself. So don't take cheap offers if you want to live an expensive lifestyle. That's how I sort of put it. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that resonated with them. They took it away and they thought about it. And this week for them has been the most productive week they've had. And the bigger why is why I'm doing it. So, yeah. No, I completely agree because I actually had this conversation with... My friend tried to tell me this a while ago and I just don't think... You know, sometimes you hear something and then you have to hear it like five more times until it's the right time for it to hit you and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, well, I mean, one of them is something we spoke about before the podcast, which is um, that concept of the idea of um, like creating your own blueprint. And for me, that is kind of like, I have so many people around me that are like, yeah, you do you, like do your thing. And that, those words, those three words, you do you, are thrown around that you would never believe. And it's kind of crazy because like, if you actually did what the words tell you to do and you stopped caring what other people think so much about you and you stopped caring about the social media world, oh my God, we would have a generation. We have a pretty amazing generation that we live in right now too anyway, like our age, but oh my God, the levels to this would be immensely more crazy. And I don't even, like, what what kind of scares me is that, and what I hope, not scares me, scares me in a great, exciting, oh my God, can't wait to see it way, is like the generation that's kind of born now, if we keep on doing what we're doing, personal development wise, people keep getting a habit into them. You know, I hope and pray one day that personal development is in school and like people, kids go to class thinking, you know, like, like, oh, I don't have to be like that person. I can be my own person and that's who I, I, I don't need to be like her. Like, cool, she has a cute arms. I don't know what you think when you're five years old. But, <laughs> you know, but like, I don't need to have cute arms like hers. I can have my own cute arms and I'm still cute. Like, whatever it is, like, I, I can't wait for like that generation to be like in their 20s, totally killing it, you know, because yeah. that's super exciting to see what will happen. But if our generation leveled up and they really did create their own blueprint and they really did go, you know what, I ain't got to do what she, like, she thinks I should do or that influencer's telling me to do or what Gary Vaynerchuk is talking about on YouTube, like, no, just, just do you. And for me now, I've kind of found my own lane and nobody really knows what my lane looks like. And I think that yours is actually totally not the same as mine. Your lane's different, but the same concept <laughs> in the sense that people don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't know why you do it. And that's totally fine. And I actually, I'm so like, I need to be more like you in the respect that 
I don't want to be like you, but I want to be me in the way that you have become you in the sense that now I can see you're so at peace with who you are, the life that you live, like the way that things work for you and the fact that it's chaos, but it's your chaos and that's the way it works and that's why it's beautiful. And for me, I think I've struggled so much, especially this year, like, because this year too was kind of like my first full year where I've been completely kind of totally, no, I'm lying. It's been like, yeah, since last September uh, where I've had not had a boyfriend and sure I've seen guys and I've dated some wonderful boys, but I've not ever had, I've not come home at the end of the day and my day's been really crap where I've consecutively every single day been able to pick up the phone to someone and be like, my life was, my, my day was really crap. I need to talk to you about it. And in fact, I've had to look at my friends and I look at my family and like really look at God and be like, okay, I need you in this, like help me through it because I'm, I'm dying right now. Like I'm struggling. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. And I think that when you have those periods in your life and I'm looking at you thinking, is this why you're like you? Because you went through a breakup and that was like a, um, a snowball effect from your breakup. Right? Like, when you do kind of have you and only you in the world, you do kind of go, right, well, I have to do it for me and no one's going to listen to my shit. And I, it's funny, I feel sometimes like I know the friends that I can call when it's crap and they're going to be like, yeah, but it's you. Like, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. So I actually think it's really amazing kind of, and I, I think you should be doing your own freaking podcast. Like I'd listen every day. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, start a maybe one day, maybe one day. Maybe you one have day. to, you have to do a podcast. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly would love to one day. I think that that time's coming soon, but not anytime soon. So. Yeah, you're not far though. I don't believe you're very far. <laughs> but thank you so much. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This was amazing. I think I could talk to you for four more hours, but I won't do that. I won't do that. I think we'll save that for next time because I'm definitely going to have you back on. Um, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently? This is my last and final question. Or something that you wish you could tell your younger self? <laughs> I... <laughs> I thought you were going to sing to me then. <laughs> um, you know, everyone answers this question as, no, I don't regret anything. Um, but I believe it's a lie. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone's got regret. Yeah, everyone would change something. Uh, I think I... I, I, th I wish I took myself a little bit more seriously when I came to the UK. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I just wish I didn't do too much to try and impress everyone. I wish I did that, but also had the conscious of this isn't life at the back of it. I think my perception of what I thought life was or being happy was, was based on entertaining other people not making other people happier but like entertaining them so yeah i think i wish i took myself too seriously because there are other things a lot of things i had opportunities in um there was a time where i had the opportunity of being in the lion king and i was so close as a runner-up for simba if i took myself a little bit more seriously i would have 
not been in it, but done my best. And I threw away so many opportunities like that. So there, there are times there where I, and this is what I've learned now, I refuse to not give 150% on everything, you know, whether it's just a podcast like this one, I'll give everything to it. Whether it's my event tonight, I'll give everything to it, you know, whether it's a relationship, whether, whether it's, it's the opposite. If, if we're saying we're going out on a night out to have fun, or, you know, I'm going to be the best me in, in, in every moment. And I, I just didn't think I thought that way. Um, but that's also just growing up, isn't it? So. Okay, wait, I'm sorry, I have one last question. Well, so what happens with your time if you meet someone? Like, how do you, how are you gonna, how do you feel like you're gonna cope with that? Is there something you're like, I don't want to do that right now, I'm running away from it? I, I think, I don't think it's, it's a huge problem. It's just that that person needs to understand that my goals are gonna, and that's a selfish thing. That is an extremely selfish thing from, anyone and I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on someone but I ha you know that's you know that's my happiness isn't it I'm not doing this to just get by um, but I've chosen this path and it's it's been created by my my own head and you know that there aren't many rules in the sense that someone has to redirect me or fire me in a sense I just have, I have to follow that blueprint for my, for my own sake. It's, it's what will make me happy. So if someone came in my life, whilst I'd always have time for anyone that comes in my life like that, like I do with all my friends, they just have to understand that I, I am still on the A1 and I'm not going to be taking the M, <laughs> the M24. So yeah, there might be a few breakdowns in that, in that road, you know, few stops a few laybys yeah a few breaks but sooner or later i have to get back with the a1 <laughs> a few service stations with m sorry a few service stations with m and s <laughs> yeah a few service stations bp uh but i i choose not to take the m24 for many reasons <laughs> beyond me uh, there might be traffic in the a1 well, whilst the, the whilst I'm still alive, I just that will have to, to happen. So, so yeah. So, honeys, if you're listening to this, get ready to just be slotted in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I'm wow. Well, there, there are a few roundabouts here and there. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's too good. It's too funny. I mean, I ask because this is a question. I think that I creatives people that work a lot like I think this is a question that people ask themselves a lot and I think it's something that isn't really spoken about enough um and people don't really know how to deal with that they don't really know how to cope when it works with someone like oh yeah but like what do I do do I stop this do I stop that and I think in the past like I've been super guilty for putting other stuff in my life on hold and being ready to like ship myself off to America like that legit nearly happened um but you know, things worked out in a way that didn't make it be that way, you know? And at the time you sit and you get grumpy about it. I was a grumpy ass, a grumpy ass cow for a minute. And then I was like, actually, now I look back, I'm like, I'm so glad. <laughs> I am so glad I went through that because 
you see things in a different way. So I'm going to sit and talk to you all night if I don't cut this off right now, because I just could listen to you all day. Um, I'm going to persuade you every day to do your own podcast. <laughs> Tell us how we can find you. How can people follow you? Um, currently, you can, you can find me on my Instagram. It's just do me see what my name, D-U-M-I is my first name. And my last name is Sewell, S-I-W-O. But that's how you, you find me, essentially on Instagram. And it's the same on, on Facebook and Twitter. I don't, I'm not as active as I should be, but in a few years, I will be. So. And if someone wants to go to an event, what do they do? They want to go to the event and just message me. For now. For now. Okay. But also, uh, if, you do wanted to, if you wanted to see what we do for the media side, it's, it's the company's called Firmative. And it's firmative at so firmative.co.uk. And if they wanted to see the events that we do, it's lovedo.com. L O V E D O U G H.com. So. Okay, no one else saw your expression apart from me then. So uh, we'll keep that secret safe between us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you so much. I'm going to post this one straight away. I think I loved it far too much and I'm going to keep it unedited, raw and real because you were just too much fun to listen to. How could I miss out any of the laughter? Um, thank you so much, everyone. Model Me's Instagram is model underscore me and our website's modelmemission.co.uk. I'm Natasha Minter, same on Instagram. That's just my full name. Please send us a message. Tell us what you thought about this. And if you're listening to this on Apple, I will love you forever if you review us because Apple do this really cool thing where, I don't know, apparently it's really important to review. I have no idea why yet, because I'm really new to this world. So thank you guys. See you all really soon. Bye. I, remember, I just remembered I have to press stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't find the button. Stop recording. Oh, here.